On this week's episode of Android App Addicts number 584, the boys are back in town and it is just a hot, hot mess. Sit back, strap in, and enjoy. And welcome to Android App Addicts, episode number 584. Episode 584 brought to you on the 28th of April, 2022. I'm sitting here with the door-to-door geek, who is the Elon Musk of Android. And we've got second banana to him, who looking very much like Mr. Potato Head today. Josh, how you going, Josh? Uh, I was I was good until, until you got here. Um... <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot to mention our sponsor today. Chris McMantis is our Patreon sponsor. He's been with us for a while. So thank you very much, Chris. Much appreciated. Your support. Please keep it up. Carry on. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> um, I don't even know what the question was. I'm, but I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, I'm a bit tired. Been a lot, of, a lot of things going on. Spring is supposedly coming, although it snowed a couple weeks ago, which was pretty unexpected and not great weather to have a, a barbecue that you had planned for a while. Um, Wait a minute. Canada? Unexpected snow isn't words I thought I would hear <laughs> go together. <laughs> yeah, and then we've been working with a company to design some permaculture for around our property, um, basically creating a food forest. So I've been doing some stuff with that as well. And now I need to figure out how to implement the plan. So been pricing out tractors and many excavators so just to uh see if it makes more sense to because we need to fence our property and i think it'll be about 20 grand to fence our property so uh i think i'm looking into buying a tractor and doing it myself yeah see here in america we would just get in the pickup truck go down to the home depot pick up some mexicans <laughs> give them some give them some beer and we'll be all good we do that um, with Americans here at the Home Depot. <laughs> oh, touche, touche. Yeah, I say things are okay here. Uh, really quick, I want to give like a um, podcast like announcement warning thing, help kind of thing. Um, if you are anywhere in the Jacksonville, Florida area, or you know Jerry from Android Buffet, formerly Android Buffet, now Techno Buffet, if you know him at all outside of podcast, you actually can communicate with him. Please do uh, me and Guru from that show a favor and try to contact him. Uh, it's now been like five weeks, and uh, Guru has not been able to hear uh, contact Jerry at all. We're kind of worried what's going on. Uh, hopefully, he's just busy. But uh, if you are a friend of Jerry from Techno Buffet, please reach out to him and ask him to contact Guru or myself. Okay, Jerry and Guru. Yeah, and that was our public service announcement. And and I'll say, if you want to hear a different slant on technology uh, and IoT and Raspberry Pis and Android, uh, check out Techno Buffet. Okay. Um, I thought we'd kick off with a couple of emails that we got after the last show. Uh, is that all right? Sounds good to me. Okay. So the first one was from Philip Kamer, K-E-Y-M-E-R. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. Um Hello, fellow addicts. Just listened to your latest podcast, and I'm chiming in with my YouTube alternative. Now, um, 
I think uh, this was in response to your mention of um, a YouTube or YouTube advanced or or another version was it? I can't remember which before. But um, I was in the chat at the time screaming new pipe, new pipe, new pipe, and everybody ignored me. Um, but Philip and another and uh, Steve, who's the uh, sender of the other of the other uh, email that we got, has also mentioned new pipe. So. Uh, Philip was saying, I use NewPipe, but it's available through FDroid. Yep, it's an open source uh, application. I actually did bring NewPipe to, I think, uh, the show um, a couple of months ago and gave a wee demonstration of that. It works a lot better than the full YouTube client on older hardware. Uh, kids use it on old Samsung tablet and skips ads as you would expect. It does not, as far as I can tell, sync with YouTube. So if you want to sync your watches with YouTube on the web, you can only download your history from YouTube, not back, if that makes sense. Perfect sense. I also use an Android TV-specific YouTube client, which also clips out the sponsor segments as well as ads. Now, this is interesting to me because I use Android TV, and the bane of my life is the ads. Um, it's really hard to... to... But wait, but wait, before we get started, this show is brought to you by... Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's stuff. terrible. Um, some sort of boner pill. <laughs> some sort of a booty yeah. sweat. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Smart Tube Next, available on GitHub. Like Vance, these will probably eventually get shut down, but hopefully they will last a bit longer as they are not modifying the original YouTube app like Vance did. At least that's my own. Anyway, thanks for the great podcast. Hope this is helpful to you and your listeners. Cheers, Phil. Sent from uh, Xiaomi Mi Mix 2S running Pixel Experience. Wrong. No root for the first time in years. Good on you, Phil. Battery is 74%. So he's given us a link. That Mi Mix, that Mi Mix 2, i got to say right now, oh, man, mm, sexy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Door doesn't need the pills. <laughs> That's what doesn't mm-hmm. need the pills. Oh, there's our show title right there. <laughs> um, Phil gave us a link there to the GitHub link for the um, SmartTube Next. SmartTube Next, all one word, uh, which is available on GitHub. So I'll put that GitHub uh, link in in the chat. Um, so yeah, thanks, thanks, Phil. Let's let's raise a couple of good points there. Um, yeah, I, I've I've tried to use NewPipe, but it doesn't have Chromecast capability. You can sync your um, subscriptions with. With uh, next uh, with new pipe, uh, but um, I've, I've well, yes, th- theoretically you can, but I have never been able to do it. So there's a few things to change there, but it's a really good uh, ad-free alternative. Steve, uh, Steve Woodyet, uh, he uh, he, was, he came to us as well and said, uh, I can't. Hi, Josh, Jaw, and Ivor. Josh, hi, Tor, Josh, and Ivor. I'll get it right one day. I came across an app called New Pipe in a magazine. Not sure if it's been mentioned on your show before. Yes, it has. A couple of episodes ago, I mentioned it. It's not only on the Play Store, but I've included a link to the APK. It's basically YouTube, but without the annoying ads. I've only used it a couple of times so far, but so far, so good. It then got me thinking if it would be possible to create a playlist of the audio from videos on YouTube that automatically download and get added to my regular podcast so I can listen to them on my way to work. This is an interesting question. I follow Kidderminster Harriers FC. There you go, Kidderminster. And enjoy listening to the interviews with their manager and players. Okay, whatever floats your boat. I use Podcast Addict and have managed to add the feed from YouTube, but can't seem to combine it with the regular feeds. I know that Dor listens to hundreds of podcasts and wondered if this is something he's ever done. Dor? Well, I'll start with this is the thing that I've toyed with off and on for years, uh, partially because when watching YouTube, in the native player will not go higher than 2x. Um, in the last show notes, I have two links in the show notes. One was to uh, YouTube Enhancer, and the other one was to Sponsor Block. With YouTube Enhancer, I can go up to 10x speed in YouTube. So then I've had less of a need to have it in podcast form. But I will tell you right now, the real answer to this, it's very easy. YouTube DL 
Um, you can you can have versions of it on your phone, or you can have it on any desktop client, Windows, Mac, Linux, YouTube, DL. Then you can literally put in the channel name, and then just hit that. And then there are options to say, I only want the audio version of it. You can even specify you only want it in MP3 or um, 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 the uh, Apple format of it. And then in all modern podcast clients, catchers on your phones have the ability to play what's called a virtual podcast, which is basically just a folder. You point the virtual podcast at a folder on your phone, and then it will play it just like it's a podcast. Um, I've never found that one instant solution to where you can just simply put one URL in one thing and automatically have it come to you as a podcast. It always involves a little bit of work. Um, but it's definitely possible with YouTube DL. YouTube DL is like the golden way to download anything. And now the example I'm going to use with YouTube DL is just like Vance, just like Newpipe, just like all these other things. Um, relying on YouTube for your content means you're not only hitting a moving target, you're hitting a moving target that doesn't want to get hit. So they're going to constantly change things on the back end, constantly change how things work just to try to mess up people as quick as possible. So that said, number one, YouTube DL has done a miraculous job over now like 10 years of still working and it keeps working. And every time you think it's broke, you literally just do an update and then it's working again kind of thing. Um, Vance, the guy just got tired is what I'll say. Um, so if you're not paying for support, Expect that support to go away sooner or later. I've donated to YouTube DL because I really want it to keep working. If you're using NewPipe or something else, I encourage you, try to find the author's website. Try to find a way to give them at least a shuffle or two. Just, you know, because literally, we can all spare a dollar or two. And if you can't, again, contact me, aaaatpanas.com. I'll give you a dollar to give to somebody else. Um, So, yeah, YouTube DL is the easy way. AAVID. Um, it's not going to be in the notes. AAVID is another app that you can put on your phone and literally put a YouTube link in it, a Vimeo link in it, a SoundCloud link in it, whatever, and then just say, I want to download it as an MP3. Download it to a virtual folder, podcast addict, play virtual podcast, and you should have everything you need. But now here's like I wanted to ask you guys. This is almost like a philosophical, ethical question. You know, if you're not paying for something, you're the product, number one. But if we don't give these developers any money, if we don't give them anything except for demands that we want our stuff to work um what is their what is their motivation except for just wanting to circumvent the system the man um, so I, I keep thinking we have to give them something i think they probably just love all the terrible comments they get when something breaks in their their free open source app or their free app that'd be my guess it's they yeah. love the vitriol of of people complaining about something that they're not paying for yep um, oh and, and now just to prove them on the spectrum <laughs> Yeah, he compared me to Elon Musk in the beginning, and I would say, yes, I'm on the spectrum somewhat. <laughs> you know, let, let's just get past that. Um, so it's like, you know, um, and there is a great YouTube, uh, um, I'm sorry, a Reddit subreddit. It's literally called After Vanced. Reddit.com slash r slash After Vanced, and it is a great place to have all kinds of options surface to you. So uh, I have known more than a couple people in the last couple of weeks say New Pipe is Broken. And it isn't working for them. You know, a couple hours later, they do an update and it's working. But it's like really difficult to find something as solid as YouTube DL on the mobile platform, in my opinion, right now. So it's just, I don't know what's going to be the absolute winner. I know NewPipe has a big head start. Yeah. Well, I think the, the appeal of NewPipe is A, it's open source. Um, B, it's ad free. And if that is a value proposition to you, then 
you would obviously be willing to um, provide some money to the developers if that's what they want to receive. Some people are just doing apps out of the, the sheer pleasure of doing apps. That's what they like to do in their spare time. Um, if you want to get someone who's a developer working full-time as a job, you've got to, they've got to expect a, level, a reasonable level of support. And then the old hairy question of monetization comes into it. How do you monetize your product? Do you, do you set up a subscription service? Do you charge per use? Do you, um, you know, do you use advertising? And then you go round and round the houses with these arguments. Um, the open source community came out of a bunch of programmers who just like to do programming and program cool stuff and didn't expect to get any money for it. There's something they did in their part time in their spare time, um, partly to show off to other other developers in their community, but also to provide something free and useful to other people. It's I suppose. Um, you know, the socialist ideal, really, isn't it? You know? <laughs> um, and, you know, it has its own yeah, weaknesses. I, yeah, I definitely think there's some truth to what you said right there. Um, the example I'll use is I showed my wife the Titanic song by Celine Dion music video, but instead of that, it was the Celine Dion music with Smash Mouth, you're an all-star lyrics put into it. And she was like, why don't these people get a job? What do they do? Okay. And I said, no, no, you don't understand. For all you know, this is the person's application showing what kind of skill and talent they have. Um, and that really, I hate to say it, one of the benefits that we get when we digest open source content is a lot of the stuff put out there as open source content is put out there to showcase somebody's talent and ability. So hopefully they get a real job being able to do like things. Um, I, I know I got four years left in my job. I know if when I retire from my nine to five, if I want to be a developer of sorts to do anything, any kind of development whatsoever, it's my it's in my best interest to either contribute to something or start something and showcase my code to how good it is, how good it looks. Here's what it is. Here's what it does. Here's how long it took. Blah, 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 blah. And then it makes me look more credible. Josh, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. No, Dor, you're never wrong, man. You're like my wife. Then yeah, you don't know my wife. <laughs> uh, um, no, it's exactly what it is. Like that, everyone. You know, you're always looking for something to add to your portfolio, basically. So. I remember back back in the eighties, you used to get the floppy disks when the PC was first, when the personal computer was first coming into the house. Before the days of the internet, you would swap floppy disks with your friends. You had a computer club at school. Maybe three people were in. Um, and you'd somehow get hold of these discs and, and you know, have games on them and you play games. But the thing about those discs is that they would not be um, protected. They'd be open. So you could have a look at the, the programming within the within the um, the code. You have a look at directly at the code. And um, you could take that code and copy it and do cool stuff on your own. Uh, and that's that encourage other people to get to start making their own games and start doing stuff. That's the beauty of open source. If you've got the code open to everybody, they can start adopting it and using it for whatever cool stuff they can think of. And um, as soon as games started becoming worth money, that all got shut off. You got you got all the code locked off. You got all this propriety um, IP law coming in. And suddenly you, you had no access to that code anymore. And, and suddenly it became something that, um, that nobody had any access to apart from a few rarefied individuals who'd done a computer science degree. I think that when the, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that software was all free at the in the beginning yeah. and it was like the you know you pay an arm and a leg for the hardware but the software just thrown in because they didn't realize that the the actual value was more in the software than it was in the hardware and there was no global distribution well, of it so you, you had to rely on other people to get it well in the beginning they were like drug dealers yeah. the software is free 
here you can see how good it is, but you need the hardware to run it on kind of thing. And yeah, like Mad Dog Hall used to literally make money by taking the punch cards from other computer systems and basically duplicating them and going through his college dorm and selling them so he had enough money for whiskey <laughs> because software was free. Um, here's the example I'm going to use how you are exactly right and how sometimes people we think don't have the knowledge or understanding actually do. Okay, the example is my my wife. Um, she's not literate with computers. She literally, like every couple of weeks, calls me up and says, help, I need help with this. Excel spreadsheet. This isn't working. I need to know how this formula works kind of thing. And it's, you know, I don't want to say it's a Google search away, but it's literally a Google search away. But she was watching The Blacklist, a show with psychotic James Spader in it. Okay. And one of the nerds, who's of course not nerdy at all, um, made this software platform that um, somebody was using for nefarious means. So he hacked into the company and deleted stuff. Okay, but earlier in the show, they said someone on a college campus got a copy of the code and they edited it to basically go into this cartel's ecosystem and do and wreck havoc. And then my wife paused the show and says, "How stupid are these people? Don't they understand? Once one copy's made, it doesn't matter if he goes in and deletes the source code; it's already out there. They already have it. And wouldn't this company have backups? Doesn't everybody have backups? So if he goes in and deletes stuff, it's useless. This is pointless. This show is so stupid." And I'm like. Oh my God, she's right. And then she said, and no, the real solution, if you want to beat this guy, is you take that source code and you make it open source. Because if everyone can see what it's doing, then everyone knows how to prevent it from attacking their system. I'm just like, I, I love you. I love you so much. Because it just proves, once again, I married up. I married someone smarter than myself. Because she was able, she just sat there and just, just spewed on that. And I'm like, yes, you're exactly right. Yep, you're exactly right. Yes, you're exactly right. Would you like a steak for dinner? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yes, open source, it, it isn't only the only way to win, but it's the only way to, like, succeed in modern terms, in my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Josh, have you got any new hardware? Uh, that big ball of chrome on your head. <laughs> um, no, I don't. Don't think not, I'm not a uh, multi-billionaire like like you. <laughs> I can't afford a new phone every two weeks. <laughs> well, this is the uh, the carcass of my uh, Sony phone that um, died a couple of weeks ago. Dropped it on the floor of the supermarket, uh, ground of the supermarket car park. So would so you say it died, or would you say you killed it? Uh, I probably killed it. Oh, no, I dropped it on the sewer. Then a couple of weeks later, I dropped it on the floor after I got out the bath. And it, that was it. It was dead after that. So it took two falls to the floor. Um, I wasn't wearing a case. I got what I deserved. But I wasn't going to pay another $700 for another Sony phone because the damn thing was too damn slippery. <laughs> so um, I had to compromise my principles and go back to uh, a Chinese manufacturer called Vivo, which is probably the best of a bad choice. So I bought a, uh, a Vivo Y33S. Now, I'm pretty sure this is also available in America. Um, so uh, it's a dual SIM smartphone with 8 gigabytes of RAM, 128 gigabyte hard drive. Uh, it's got a 50 megapixel AI camera, a 5,000 milliamp battery, 18 watt fast charge. Um, it's got a triple rear camera. It runs on a MediaTek Helio G80. No wireless charging, but it has got a 2K screen. 1080 by 2408 uh, screen. 16 megapixel front-facing camera. It comes with headphones, which are actually really, really good headphones. 
I'm surprised how comfortable they are. I've been able to wear them for more than half an hour without getting sore ears. Um, it's got NFC, it's got USB-C. Uh, it doesn't have a rating for mm. um, water and dust resistance. Um, but I am very, very impressed. The only thing I'm, I'm not impressed about is the camera, of course. And we were talking about this before, before we started the live stream. Camera is um, not great. Uh, it's not the worst I've seen, but it is not great. So if you're really if you're looking for a cheap phone that's got all the specs, it's pretty much and you don't care about uh, the quality of your, of your camera. It takes good bright light, you know, when you're in good good lighting conditions, it takes good photos. But um, yeah, I've definitely had better cameras on the phone. Uh, no doubt it will annoy me in the next couple of weeks, and I have to go and get a new one. So, so I'm going to guess it's also running Android 12. Uh, Android 11. Yeah. 11. And can I ask, when you're looking at it, does it seem like it's heavily modified, or does it seem pretty... No, very uh, little very little bloat. Actually, it's, I think it's got one app from Vivo on it, and there's no, nothing else from... No no, no bloatware. Um, it's straight up Android, and, and I've put an overall yeah, so, launcher on it, and it works like a dream. If it is available here in the U.S., I don't know which carrier. If I had to guess, it was going to, it's either going to be an AT&T or a Boost Mobile kind of thing. Um, the only place it sounds like they could cheapen out on the phone is the speed of the internal hard drive. Because a 128 internal storage, that's pretty damn good for yeah. the price. Yeah. Um, that's probably, yeah, I'm not sure and sure. I'm going to guess, yeah, and like 8 gigs of RAM, man, you know, if your operating system does not run smoothly with 8 gigs of RAM, you're doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Um, so the camera with the uh, AI thing, you know, it's just one of those things. It seems like most cameras now, um, they know that they can't win with hardware alone. They have to have, like, um, processes going on, post-processing, as quick as possible to make the camera good. And that's one of the places where I know it's really hard to compete with the big boys. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, well, time will tell, I suppose. Um, I'm very happy with it. It's a little bit heavy, and it's it's got quite a large screen. 6.6 6 inches or 6.58-inch screen. Um, but with that 2K resolution, it actually is not unpleasant yeah. to look at. Good brightness. And well, I, pre right, I prefer a phone to have a little bit of girth to it, just yeah. so, you know, <laughs> it's there. Well, you don't want to be carrying around a floppy disk. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm still on the OnePlus Nord uh, N100, and I'm going to, I am like, damned, I'm going to make this phone last as long as I possibly can to justify my next phone purchase as being a, you know, better, you know, $400 plus phone. Um, I removed some apps, I removed some stuff. It does seem like it's running a touch better, but still, if I reboot the phone for at least like 10 hours, if I start playing a podcast at anything except for 1X, which of course, everything's not 1X, and the screen goes off and it just becomes unlistenable. Um, to where I have to have the screen on after a reboot for like almost a day to listen to the podcast. Um, everything else about the phone seems fine in air quotes, except for once in a while, I like plug up Android Auto and it literally takes two minutes for it to appear on the screen. And then it takes them like another two minutes to become responsive on the screen, which is, in my opinion, pretty um, unpalatable kind of thing. You know, to wait four minutes from plugging up the phone Hell, half the places I'm already there. You know what I mean? Picking up pizza, picking up, you know, beverages for the wife or whatever. <laughs> After four minutes, I'm literally on pulling it through the parking lot already. So what's the point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got a, um, it's got a MediaTek Helio G80, as I mentioned now. I've not noticed any lag uh, or any slowing down. I, I'm not a huge gamer. I don't, I mean, I don't tax this phone a lot. So that might be a factor. But if, I suspect there's nothing that I've thrown at it that it hasn't been able to handle so far. 
Yeah, and I'll say one thing that was a little bit like scaringly disappointing with this phone was this is like April in Baltimore, which you know once in a while you have a day over eighty degrees, you know, pushing like I think like twenty eight and whatever degrees the rest of the world uses. Um, but one time I got in my car at work and it was definitely a touch warm in the car, but it wasn't hot. And I put the phone and I plugged it up to Android Auto and I immediately got an overheat warning. And the, and they basically shut everything down. It reset everything except for Android Auto. So when I got out of the car at home, I noticed I was signed out of everything. Everything was like killed. And I'm like, it's April. Imagine if I lived in like, you know, Florida, Hawaii, India kind of thing in the middle of August. Like, wow, this would not be an acceptable experience yeah. for those kinds of places. Red in the chat just made a very good point. I'll happily take a large phone and have a removable battery. You think we'll ever get removable well, batteries back? Normal consumer grade phones, probably not. No, but I will say if you go out of your way to buy something like Fairphone or something, then the answer is yes. After I nearly make a complete disaster. <laughs> Did you lose your drink? Yes, Monster. Oh, wasn't the vodka then? Monstered <laughs> by Monster Green Energy Drink. Yeah. How's it taste, Dor? <laughs> Ultra Paradise. I want to say it's technically supposed to be a. Um, Guava flavored, maybe. It's not mango. I tell you that because the one that was mango, I like couldn't couldn't digest. It's like an Australian's armpit. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm just holding out um, on ha buying hardware now. The only thing even remotely close is I've seen a lot of now uh, portable game systems on YouTube that are like Nintendo Switch sized that are running MediaTek chips and other Rock chips that are running Android on them, and I am just going to say. I am genuinely shocked at how well some of them run for only being like 140, 150 US dollars. Um, I'm not jumping on any of them yet. But I'm doing my best to hold out because to me, I don't care about modern gaming. I don't care about Android gaming for the most part. I only care about retro gaming. You know, how good can I play like PS2 titles kind of thing, Nintendo 64 titles. So I'm just going to keep holding out and keep waiting for that near quote perfect device to come out. Time splitters door. Time splitters. Yeah, that's on PS1, I believe. PS2. PS2, PS2. Well, that and GoldenEye. Now, tangent. GoldenEye Nintendo 64 was one of those games you either in, were in love with it and you loved shooting your friends in the face, or you don't have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, in January, Rare, the company, was bought by Microsoft. Microsoft said that they're going to release GoldenEye on basically every platform within the next two years. If they have uh, network play, shoot, shoot, bang, bang, I actually start my, my, you know, playing more than like 20 minutes of games a week. Yeah, GoldenEye was a classic. I mean, that was a very popular game. Yeah, that was an amazing game. Grenade launchers in, in the uh, grenade launchers in the temple. Mm -hmm. Them in the remote detonated mines, too. That was good. Because you would watch the other person's screen. Yeah. <laughs> Right. You may have noticed um, I've been uh, a bit harsh on, on Josh today, mainly because um, one of the reasons for that is not only his appearance, but um, the way uh, one of the things he said in the last uh, episode about three weeks ago, when you guys were on your own and I was in the chat, um, mm. was that he was saying that iPhones seem to be better or more advanced than the current range of Android. Would you like to sort of clarify those comments for us there, uh, Josh? <laughs> uh, I was. I don't think I ever said that. I think you that drunk? they're. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Um, you stop beating your wife yet? Yes or no? 
Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it was very well verbed how he did it. He, it was like iPhone still seemed to get things first, kind of yeah. from from developer company standpoint. Well, there's no evidence of any of this, so. <laughs> I would just like to provide people, our audience, our listeners, with a reminder that this is, in my experience, uh, not the case. Uh, Android has always been first to the party with a lot of features that iPhone doesn't have, never had, and probably never will have. Um, custom wallpapers, default, uh, changing out default apps, custom launches, third-party keyboards, LED flashes on the cameras, not available in iPhone to iPhone 4, big screens, NFC. Well, most of that was... NFC was a big one. Most of that is um, app, um, operating system functionality and hardware functionality. Mm-hmm. I think he was talking more like when a company comes to market, they seem to prioritize iOS development versus Android development. Yeah, well, it's a bigger market, isn't it? But um, Yeah, and that's all I was saying. I it, well, it, t- it depends. Well, actually, it's not. In the U.S. It's not the bigger market. It, it, right, right. In the U.S., I think it's an easier market. Worldwide, Android's destroying Apple. Yeah. Apple's not even well, Apple makes well, iOS makes more money from its phones, um, so and its well, App Store. But the number of users Hitler killed more people <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> Things like OTA updates, quick access panel, uh, predictive typing, guest user accounts, notification bars, uh, expandable storage. No, 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 no. <laughs> the the easiest functionality to say that we had before them was literally copy paste. and paste between applications. We had that for like three years before they had it. Like, how the hell did they survive? How did they use that thing for anything if you couldn't copy and paste between the apple? It doesn't matter what it functions like, though. It's, it's the way that it looks in your hand. Well, I will say, I, and my wife even pointed this out to me, why is it that every single iPhone case has a hole in the back so you can see their, just quoting my wife, douchey logo? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, um, because that's the point. You know, half of owning this device isn't owning this device. Half of owning this device is saying, look what I own. It's like click activism. I want to change my avatar to this this month because I support, you know, this country and whatever, they, whatever. It's like uh, clicktivism, click activism. It's like bull crap. Um, I don't, and, and, well, and, and the same exact thing, when I walk around with a t-shirt, I never want my t-shirt to spout an organization name, a company name, a sp- you know, sports team name, any of those things, because they're not paying me to wear the shirt. No, you're paying them. You know, you're paying them to wear the shirt most or, of the time. Right. And that's why, like, when I wear a hat, it's either going to be like a Podnuts hat, a hat that was gifted to me by, like, Eric Ardini, or, like, literally a Nintendo 64 branded hat, because I'm a damn fan of Nintendo 64. But, um, you know, I'm not going to wear a Under Armour shirt and prance around like I have some connection with Under Armour. Even even if I worked for them, I wouldn't wear their team shirt. I'd pay you not to wear it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, please wait. I work for a government institution. Every like year or so, they give us like polo shirts and stuff with the logo on it. I'm not wearing this in public. Are you crazy? Yeah, not let anybody know. I, I work want people to know where I work. They because they might punch me. You know, I quit there last week. You guys screwed me. Oh. You know, no. I think I think not one me. of the terms that you might have been fishing for there was virtue signaling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, with yeah, all yeah. the change your avatar to this or mm-hmm. whatever's the soup du jour. Yeah, yeah, that that is definitely the uh, advertising that I own an iPhone and I've got my douchey logo in front of it, which is it's like uh, have more money. Whoopee. 
So then here's a stupid question. Both of you guys have access to Netflix, right? Yeah. No, I cancel. Oh, yeah, I cancel all my subscriptions. <gasps> Even, Netflix? Even Netflix? So you're the reason they lost money? Okay. <laughs> um, there's a new thing on Netflix. I don't know if it's outside the country. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Um, there's an app that's popular called Trivia Crack that I never heard of. And they have a version of it on Netflix where it's literally interactive where you go through trivia games. Um, I want to say it's called, literally it's called Trivia Quiz on Netflix, I think it is. Um, and every like week, the wife will call me, tell me to sit there with her, and we go through like six episodes back to back to back to back to back. Um, I'm just, I'll explain this. I'm really happy when it's me and her. Literally, we get like 12 out of 12 or like 11 out of 12 almost every single time. Um, I don't know if that means the quiz is too easy. Or we are really surrounded by a bunch of stupid people. Yes and yes. Well, and that's the thing. When I said that to her, she said, why not both? I think we should probably replace Ivor with your wife on this show. (laughs) No. It'll look in anywhere, Mitch. Read my my lips. Not going to happen. Would not be prudent at this juncture. We're we're opening auditions next week. Thousand points of light. (laughs) Is that Dana Carvey? Yeah. Dana Carvey as George Bush. Oh, man. And then he went from that to, like, Master of Disguise. I mean, was he on drugs? My kids loved that program. Loved that show. Master of yeah, Disguise? Yeah, it was the best movie ever. That movie was horrible. Of course it was, but they thought it was great. They were, like, nine years old at the time. Okay, yeah. Kids. Kid logic. Can't argue. <laughs> Put my hands up. Um, um I... Go ahead. Uh, I'm just speaking of um, uh, Google functional Apple, uh, sorry, um... Android functionality. Um, there's an article here that Google is removing all call recording apps from May the 11th. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I hate to say it, 80%, almost 80% of the places in the world, it's illegal to record a phone call without consent. Yeah, but who cares about that? Um, when was the last time you saw anybody prosecuted for recording a phone call they, would, they didn't have permission to record? Uh, here in Maryland, it happens really? a lot. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Right That's why. Uh, states like Maryland are the reason why 99% of the time when you see, see, uh, see um, video footage from a see, um, security camera, there's no audio. Because you cannot record any audio anywhere without express consent from both parties, at least here in Maryland. And that's the case for at least uh, 60% of the states in the U.S. I want to say it's almost 70. And in the world, it's almost 80% of the world. Um, for some reason, voice is like protected. So it's like Google's just bowing down to, I guess, world governmental pressures. The thing is, with this particular change, the if your phone came with a native dialer that included that functionality in the first place, it can still record phone calls on that app. But if you're using a third-party app, uh, then you won't have access to that API, and that's been cut off on May the 11th. I mean, I, 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 re- I recorded all my phone calls for a while. Um, but I never, I, I did, you know, go back to one or two of them to get important details of like a meeting or something like that. But now I just don't. So, well, if you're paying three ninety nine a minute, yeah, you probably should record it so that you can listen back. <laughs> you get your money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, could that be something yes. that's on F Droid and or side loaded onto, or are they somehow locking down the the I hardware? You have, to, you have to root your phone now to to get that access. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're literally blocking the API. So quite literally, when the system recognizes a phone cord, a, a phone call is on, you will not be able to hit record audio in any application without the root. So that's a yeah, thing. I mean it's one of those things. If it's really, if it's really, 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 really important to you, there's an easy solution. 
and it's called the analog loophole. You get a second phone, you sandwich it next to the other phone, and on one phone you hit accept call, and on the other phone you hit record. And there's nothing they can do to stop you. I thought you were going to say use an iPhone. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's been blocked on iPhone since day one. Oh, funny that. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> iPhones. Oh, door's deserting us. Yeah, well, he's probably wise. <laughs> Should we, uh, well, well, Should we talk about him? Should we talk about him? Let's talk about him behind his back while he's not here, yeah. Yeah, he'll never know. Uh, Red, Red saying, Cube ACR works if you don't use an earpiece. I was using an app called ACR. Is that the same one, Red? Not sure. I've not heard of Cube ACR. Is that a different? No. I have to check that out. How about an app? Should we, should we do an app there, Josh? Yeah, we could, do, we could do that. Yeah, this sort of goes back to the emails a bit. Um, this is called... This is called a Kiwi... Kiwi browser, and basically I was looking for a way to avoid YouTube um, ads, and the door had put me in the in the direction of the sponsor block, and it's an extension for your browser, and so I basically <laughs> downloaded this this browser in order to be able to because th- this browser allows for extensions on Android. And based on Chromium, and so I was able to put the, the extension on there. So it's uh, Kiwi Browser Fast and Quiet by Geometry OU under Communication E, for <laughs> rated E for everyone. And it has an average of 4.3 uh, stars out of 69,433 reviews. Last updated April 27, 2022, so yesterday, 10 million plus yeah. installs. Requires Android 6 and up. Current version is just a soup of numbers. Um, and then, yeah, every looks like every uh, permission that your phone has. So that's all I've really used it for. Um, I'm quite happy with using Brave. most, And it seemed to work like the first time I watched the YouTube video on it. And then now it doesn't seem to even work anymore. So I don't know. Well, did you see the um, irony? I don't know if it's the right use of that word. You downloaded Kiwi Browser to avoid YouTube ads, yet in the right below the content rating, it says this app contains ads. <laughs> so maybe by downloading this app to avoid YouTube ads, you got shifted to another set of Yeah, ads. maybe they just put their own ads into YouTube. <laughs> These aren't YouTube ads. Possibly. These are our ads. They look exactly the same, and they're in the and same hijacking. location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, we just piped them in instead. <laughs> ad swap. Our yeah, Kiwi yeah. browser now features ad swap. Although it's called Kiwi browser, it's actually nothing to do with New Zealand. It's made in Estonia. Okay. Nothing to do with New Zealand except around. Maybe the guy's from New Zealand and he moved to Estonia. Oh, well, yeah, could be. Or it's a tax dodge. <laughs> or it's a tax dodge. Yeah, that's probably possible. <laughs> but I've, I've used uh, Kiwi browser before. It's actually a very good browser. It was when it, when it, a couple of years ago when I first used it, but. That one that uh, Daw sent me, Firefox Nightly. Mm. It's, a, it's actually really good. I like the Firefox Nightly one as well. Cool. Daw, have you got any ads? Any apps? Any ads? <laughs> yeah, I got any <laughs> ads. ads Brought to you by Monster <laughs> um, Guava. Booty sweat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, What I'm going to bring is actually like a website slash app slash whatever. Um, you can play this in your browser or Google Play or Apple App Store or Amazon App Store or Huawei App Store 
or something called Wiki English. I don't know. Uh, it's called, I believe, Nonograms ka, um, Katana. Um, it's difficult for me in audio podcast to describe exactly what's going on here. Um, what I'll say is it's kind of a cross between Minesweeper, Sudoku, uh, and I don't know, something else. Um, the long and the short of it is you're presented with numbers, horizontal and vertical. Okay. And sometimes it's like one, one, one. Sometimes it's five. Um, if there's only five rows across and the number's five, you know it's completely filled. When you see like the number one and then a space and then one and then space, you know that there's not going to be more than one connecting thing at a time. And I know this is really hard for me to describe. Basically, this is like mental gymnastics on how to do, like, you're basically creating pixel art, is what I'll say, via this game. Now, in the very beginning, it's very easy, five by five grids, but it does go up in difficulty to where it's literally like insane kind of math. And the example I use is, once you started playing Minesweeper, it took you a while to realize, well, if this number's three, it has to be this. If the number's four, it has to be that or that. If the number's five, it has to be this. And if you're here, you know, those kinds of like equations have to go into your mind. The exact same kind of math representation graphically is in this game. The example I'll use is if you see it says one space one space one, the spaces count as one, two. So one plus one space plus one plus one space plus one is five. And there's only five things so you know it has to be dot space dot space dot and again it's really hard for me to describe what's going on here if you don't check it out yourself and don't try to at least play a game or two uh again the classical term is nonograms n-o-n-o-g-r-a-m-s um there are versions of this on modern day platforms a lot of the times it's called picross p-i-c-r-o-s-s everything playstation xbox steam nintendo switch has this kind of game on it. It's a classical Japanese, like, mind game, is the way I'll put it. Um, they, of course, claim, in typical fashion, keep your brain sharp by playing this game. No, it's just a game that's not the normal kind of punch, shoot, kill. It's just a game where you have to actually count. Well, it says something about a, a guild expansion here, too, Dor. You join a guild and go raiding. Didn't join a guild, didn't create an account. I just said play game. It keeps bugging me to sign in and create an account, but no, I just play. And then every now and then I go through the settings in my cache and say reset so everything is um, marked as new and just, you know, have fun. The website gives, does a good job of describing how it works, I think. It says these are picture logic puzzles in which cells in a grid must be colored left, or colored or left blank according to numbers at the side of the grid to reveal a hidden picture. Do you ever find the picture first door, like realize what it is, and then just start clicking away to finish the picture? Not really. It's typically a little bit more, um, I would say, difficult than that. Because to me, the picture never really comes like apparent until you're really, really close to the end, unless it's a super high-res one, where it's literally like 20 by 20. But by then, you know, it's very easy for a pixel to be shifted, so you still have to go through the math. But yeah, I, I'll just put it like this. I had a lot of fun the first time I discovered these and what they are. Um, it's the kind of thing, if you really want to stay busy um, and not play something completely pointless, you know, like shooting and banging things, then this, I think, would be fun. I wouldn't say banging things is completely pointless. Well, it can be. 
Oh, boy. Is this that pill discussion again? <laughs> I don't need no pills. Rehearsals next week, folks. Auditions. <laughs> do you have any apps I have for? Oh, I do, yeah. Um, the one I've got here is called Truckzilla. And this is not a game, although I wish it was. Um, Truckzilla is a food and ice cream truck finder. Now that we're um, <laughs> we're still <laughs> languishing, maybe un- some of us are still languishing under the fear of COVID. You might, you don't want to go and sit in a restaurant. You you want to go and find a food truck. A lot of restaurants have actually been going out into food trucks and delivering uh, food to the public. So where to find your best food truck or your most favorite or or some of the some of the better food trucks available is to use this app. Um, so it's basically you can record your favorite food trucks. Um, you can search uh, for closest food trucks, the closest food trucks around you. Use your location permission to find uh, what food trucks are around you. They actually have to uh, be part of this uh, this app as well if you want to do that. Uh, you can search by category of food or, or whatever you're looking for, or the name of the truck. It's also those options there, or you can, and it's got a QR code scanner as well, so you can quickly add the truck's details to the app. It's a very simple, basic app. Um, and it was kind of like you know, if you want to know when the ice cream truck is coming to your neighbourhood, you could uh, you could use this app and and uh, be ready with your change. So does it just do they does it track the the truck? Because I mean, an ice cream truck doesn't really just stay still. So well, what it does is it says these trucks are within two miles of your area. You can change the the distance that you, that it specifies. So you can go from two to ten miles around you, and we'll tell you which food trucks are there. So they yeah, so they just the the truck driver has their account, and then this just tracks their their movements, I guess, and lets you know where the truck is. Yeah, yeah. Or when it gets into your geolocation that you've set. Yeah, the truck driver, I imagine, has the app as well, so he's got he's all his details recorded there. Geolocates them and tells you when he's when he's near you. It doesn't work in my well, it does work in my country, but there are no food trucks around me <laughs> in my area. I imagine if I lived in Auckland or a more built-up area, then it would, but uh, at the moment, no. Your, your, food food tr- <laughs> your food truck is your own truck when you're driving home from the store. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it might be useful to some people who um, who want a quick bite or you know want want a treat and they want to see what's around them. They can uh, use this one. Yeah. I, I'm, my only wondering is, do the food truck people have to pay a fee to be a part of this, or is it free? Um, I would hope it's free. Yeah. Um, but I'll also say this is like a a, a trend from literally episode one, Ivor, and it seems like. The more populated of an area you're in, the more likely you'll be able to have these apps like make sense for you to use and play with. Um, but like by me, I don't think there's a single food truck within at least like eight to ten miles of my house. Now, if I was at work in like downtown Glen Burnie kind of thing, I'm sure there's food trucks around there. Um, hell, I remember one time looking out the window and seeing a woman food truck pull up and park and then the guy food truck pull up and park and say this is my spot i've been parked here for years and they literally got in a fist fight outside my job that was entertaining oh, well. as hell this should be an when there's a fight going on <laughs> <laughs> food truck fight yeah. i'm just wondering what what uh what food is in a, a woman's food truck um i want to say all she had was um um greek gyros and uh like hot dogs wasn't very good. He had good food. He had like cheesesteaks. So it wasn't like a, a truck specifically for women. It was a woman run. No, no. it was woman owned and operated. Yeah, yeah. Now after that fiasco, now we have bougie sponsored food trucks that once a week come to our place where they want you to like come out and order like a seafood something for twenty bucks out of a food truck. I'm thinking to myself, no, 
No. I'll drive for eight minutes, go to the local place I know and trust that's been there for, for like 40 years and buy my crab stuff or my seafood stuff for 15 bucks and save money. There's a, a big thing in Vancouver a few years back that people were starting to really get angry with the food trucks or the, the restaurants were because they had a different license than they had to get or something like that. So they were unfair mm. competition to, to the restaurants. Yeah, we had the same kind of thing here, to which I do remember the county executive saying, can I ask you what in life is fair? And the restaurant owner just dead stared. And he was like, nothing. I'm pretty sure he got voted out of office. Yeah. We compared to a restaurant. Right? Uh, I'm going to go with food. <laughs> no, but they're, they're, they're different things. They say, well, yeah, they're food, but yeah. they're just different. They're different experiences. You go to a restaurant for a different experience than you would to go to a food truck. I'm not going to take my, my wife to a food truck for a romantic meal. Well, that's probably why she doesn't like you. <laughs> I was going to say, it all depends on the woman. I was leading with my chin on that one, wasn't I? <laughs> because, like, I remember be, I remember before my first date, I told my wife I was going to take her to the finest Scottish restaurant in town. McDonald's. She was kind of upset when she found out it was McDonald's. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I, I found that you can get diarrhea from either, so yep. does it really matter? Cha-cha-cha. What you got for us, uh, Josh? Any more? Oh, back to me, huh? Back to you. Uh, yeah, I've got one that was so I had talked about for the permaculture food forest, and so I was working with someone in in Calgary, which is nowhere near here. That was doing the design, and so I was trying to get her as much information and data as that, as I could on our property, and so I found I went I, I did a a different app before this one which was which was great and it basically you're creating a, a map with your video um, so i guess I'll, this is gps map video camera and by gps map camera under photography and it contains ads and they're absolutely annoying extremely annoying um, it was updated March 16, 2022, 13 megs in size, 100,000 plus installs, version 1.1.2, requires Android 5.0 and up, and it has in-app purchase of 849, which is, which is to unlock it basically and remove the ads and then you get some additional functionality. And so the, the point that I wanted, or the reason I wanted to use this was so that I could walk around, walk around our property and show different or show the landscape and have the GPS coordinates for that so that she could use a Google Earth map or something and be able to track on that map where I was and then be have like a, a ground level view of the area. I don't know if this is making sense at all. But uh and so I used this and it and it was actually besides the extremely annoying ads, it was a pretty good experience i did one whole video of the property line and then i tried to do another video and it crapped out with the first one worked um and so i had used a different one already and tried that once and it i really liked the way that that one worked and it had a, a really nice map and it would sh it would show you moving on the map really well and with the video but i could not for life me figure out how to get it off of the phone <laughs> like it, it had the two separate files that it, you could play it together on the phone, but once you took both of them off of the phone, 
it was just no easy way. I spent way too too long trying to sort out how to get both of them visually represented on a single screen off of the phone. Yeah, it's a uh, quite interesting. I don't have a use case for it. It's quite good. So you would you would take videos yeah, and, and then um, figure out where it would show you while you're watching the video what the GPS location was on a yeah. It has a little map. It has a little map as well. Um, and so yeah, it it as you're watching the video, it'll show you what the the GPS data from from the video and and you can have the compass and other other things as well. So you can look, you know, watching the video, you can see that okay, now now the camera's facing south or the camera's facing west. Yeah, I'll say the only way I think around it would 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 have been the easiest way around it, but you would have lost fidelity would be in the app to play the video and then to do a screen recording and then save that out, which would have been a real pain in the butt. Yeah, and it's just um, not it's it ended up being garbage, I think. Like it's this was this was well, this solved the problem. Gotcha. And I don't know if it's me, but the last at least six phones I've had, the compasses don't seem to be great. Where every now and then, when I open up now Google Maps, it tells me to do the figure eight oh, I hate that. movement to uh, recalibrate the compass. And every now and then, I'm driving home and I see the map going <clears throat> like jerking all around the place, you know, kind of thing. Um, there was a one line of this um app description. It's like, no, this is not how this is supposed to work. And it says, why should you have a GPS video camera stamp app? down like six lines in app support for your issues. <laughs> so if you don't pay, if you don't pay for their support, they're not going to take care of your issues is what it's saying. That's not a reason for us to use it. That's a reason for you to get money. <laughs> but, but I digress. Um, I will say I definitely see a definite use case for this. Um, I, the only question is, is like how fine grain can you actually get on the map? Because like my property is nothing. And if I try to do this, if I try to walk the border of my property, will it even be discernible? You know what I mean? On that little thumbnail size of a map. Now I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess the bigger the property you have, the more valuable that. Yeah, th that part, like the actual, the first one I used was was really good. It, it was it was zoomed in and it showed you, like it it did show your whole uh, route. Whereas this one, and I'm I might not have done it correctly but it sort of just showed a property with a pin in it as to like this is where you're at so i'm not sure how fine-grained this one goes um i was just more trying to get the, the actual gps data so that like you say okay there's a maple tree there where is it on the property okay it's here or you know like this this area is extremely wet blah 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 reminds so, me of uh, a dash cam uh, app you could use for recording your drive in a, in a car there was, I remember a while ago, there was an app that uh, would show you the footage from the camera and then show you uh, a map of where you were driving according to the GPS location. Um, but that uh, never worked for me, that particular app. But um, something like that, like this on a, on a dashboard camera app would be good. Are you telling me that this isn't a crap app, Ivor? No, it seems fairly useful. Whoa. <laughs> I, finally, I finally got one. You finally got one. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you could try and mount this on a on, a, on your phone, and well, you know when your phone's mounted in the car, you could try and use it in your car. As you, or did you already say that? Um, no, I didn't say that. Okay, sorry. So you could you could stick it in your car and take a drive. Yeah, try it out. You're assuming I have a car or your tractor. Yeah, there you go. I could mount it on my sheep. Lawnmower. I could mount it on my sheep. 
They it's want not to the do first it like time. <laughs> it's not the first time I've ever heard you say mount and sheep in the same sentence. <laughs> Auditions here next week, folks. <laughs> Two new hosts. <laughs> How did you guys get banned from YouTube? <laughs> we're not banned in New Zealand. Nobody knows. Nobody knows we're here <laughs> in New Zealand. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the like I did. Uh, iPhone users here. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five. I downloaded five, five of these type of apps to try to find one that, that would work, and this was the the best one out of them. Gotcha. I'll definitely give that a go. I think. All right, whose turn is it? Door. Door. I think it's doors. Okay. Um, what I got next is it stems from an interview I heard from Jimmy Wales, the guy behind Wikipedia. Um, and it's wt.social is the actual website. And on the website, this is their description. wt.social, the non-toxic social network. Welcome to a place where advertisers don't call the shots, where your data isn't packaged up and sold, where you, not algorithms, decide what to see, where you can directly edit misleading content, where bad actors are kicked out and kept out, where you actually like spending time. Welcome to the social media the way it should be. Welcome to WT Social. Now, um, after listening to the interview, this makes more sense. Um, the reason he believes Wikipedia is less polluted than places like Twitter or Facebook is Facebook and Twitter, you just have people spouting off opinions about stuff. Um, WT Social and Wikipedia, both, you have people who are, um, going towards certain content types. Like, for instance, if I want to join Wikipedia and I want to edit stuff about Tottenham Hotspot or soccer team, <laughs> that's where I'm going to go. <laughs> and I'm not going on and editing information about Donald Trump. I'm not going on and editing information about climate change. I'm worrying about that soccer team. Okay. Same kind of thing with this social network. The onboarding process, you have to pick topics that you're interested in, and they're really not topics. Think of them as their independent message boards. So hypothetically, you can log in, register, and say, I don't want to see anything political. I don't want to see anything like, you know, an air quote controversial. I just want to see tech, open source, operating system, security, and that's all you're ever going to see. Um, so you're never going to be, you know, seeing the fact that this guy you're following in security also won't stop posting how um, Monsanto is poisoning his children because he's because that's not going to be posted in the security technology part that you're in. You know what I mean? Or they keep posting how the president isn't an actual human being; they're actually lizard people. So you don't have to see that kind of thing. Okay, that's not um, true. With that, uh, well, they didn't say it wasn't true. I just said I didn't want to see it. Uh, number one, number two. So I'll ask. I'll, I'll just ask you guys just for giggles. Elon Musk buying Twitter. Do you even care? Not to. Yeah, I do. I like I like when things get shaken up a little bit. I mean, what's going to change or what's going to happen? Who knows? I mean, it, he seems to have gotten pretty lucky in everything he's done. Isn't uh, I don't know. But I don't know if it's luck. Um, he's I don't like him as a person at all. He works his butt off. Number one. Um, he literally like was over a hundred hours a week for like five years straight at testing kind of thing that's not luck that's that is hard no, it takes some luck um, to <laughs> to do yeah. luck doesn't exist there's no such thing as luck next um <laughs> okay hold on hold on air quotes door luck no yeah 
Um, and I like him saying he's a free speech absolutionist. And I say that because I like coming into an environment and as quick as possible being able to point and saying, I don't like that person. That only comes with absolute free speech is what I'll say. Um, I like being able to identify jerks and just, you know, a-holes. I like being able to identify them as quick as possible. And with free speech, that's possible. I'll say. Now, with that said, this is an independent company. Free speech rules don't apply. Okay. Um, if they want to ban people, if they want to kick people, I'm not, I don't have to go on there ever and partake in any of their nonsensical communications. So him buying it, I'll just say, don't be shocked if him buying it turns out he can make a profit where this place is never, I want to, I want to say one quarter in their existence, they made a profit and that's it. They've never made a profit since. Don't be shocked if he buys it and he figures out a way to make profit that isn't, you're completely covered in ads kind of way. Yeah, I'm I think um, Twitter is, is kind of overblown and it's important. A lot of news I see today is basically what people said on Twitter and why that ever is newsworthy is a mystery to me. Um, so there's that to start with. Um, the thing about uh, free speech is that, and a, and a private company aspect is that private company enjoys Section 230 protections. And as soon as they start becoming editors of content rather than um, about being a platform that allows speech within the context of the law so it's okay if they they chuck out stuff that doesn't meet legal boundaries uh was beyond legal boundaries that's fine but if they start censoring stuff which which they obviously have um then they shouldn't right. really have the protections of section 230 so they have to they have to make a decision whether they want to be protected under 230 or not and i think that's a big question for elon yeah, and I mean, um, what I'm going to paraphrase is a podcast that used to be called Pessimist Archive. It's now called Built for Tomorrow. And I'm going to paraphrase one of the things he went over uh, like five years ago in one of his shows. And that was how not only do we always invent new words, but we are constantly redefining words that we think we know what they mean. Your definitions are always changing. And his example was um, about 300 years ago, freedom of speech did not mean you had the freedom to say whatever you wanted. What it meant was I had the freedom to not hear what you're saying kind of thing. Um, to where if you were screaming something in the public square that people didn't agree with, they could shut you down because that's freedom of speech. Freedom, I don't have to hear your kind of speech kind of thing. And that was how it was perceived for literally like 100 years um, there in the past. And nowadays we take it as meaning I can say whatever I want to say and you can't say anything about it. As a uh, as a government is concerned, um, so obviously it, to me it's interesting how those kinds of things happen. Um, so I'll just say this: if you're triggered anytime you go on Twitter, if you go on Facebook and you have that one psychotic uncle that you really would like to choke and kill because you won't shut up about X, Y, or Z, maybe you should check out WT Social. Now, the real reason I'm saying that is because that was one of the things I liked about Google Plus. We didn't have we didn't have those extremely undereducated family members just spewing off stuff that they never looked up, they never researched, they never looked into, and they just believe is being a fact, whether it be none of this technology wouldn't have existed if we didn't steal alien technology from Roswell, or that this president is the worst president that's ever existed in the all of time kind of thing. I don't want to hear any of that stuff. So I'm going to check out WT Social. I doubt if I'm going to be on there for long just because I'm not a social kind of fellow. Yeah, the only... The only thing that I use Twitter for is so that I can <clears throat> get updates on Tottenham Hotspot. Yeah. 
They're in the Premier League, don't you know? <laughs> the Premier League. Yeah, so, and like, here's the real reason I'm bringing this up. Why didn't Elon Musk just create his own thing? He has enough money. Well, yeah, he, he does you have his mean? own money, but it's also, like, he got, apparently he got a bit irked that they, that they um, banned uh, the Babylon Bee. And that set him off because they, yeah, they shut down the Babylon Bee. Twi- What's the Babylon? Uh, it's like the onion, but but even even better. Wow. Like the Bab- Babylon Bee is is some funny funny stuff. So there was, uh, yeah, they they had a, a tweet on there about somebody who, yeah, anyway, Rachel Levine. They made Ra- yeah, Rachel Rachel Levine Ra- man of the year. Yeah, Rachel Levine man of the year. Um, and then Twitter shut him down and said that they had to delete the tweet. In order for them to get their their account back, and they said they weren't going to do it, and blah blah blah, and then and then Musk that set him over the edge apparently, or got him more interested in. Well, he is on the spectrum, so you'll have also, that. Also, other thing is, it's easier to buy than build. So if you want to you want to get into that space, you, you forty four well, billion dollars though. <laughs> I'm not going to say you're wrong, Ivor. I'm not going to say you're wrong. What I will say is, there's enough open source code out there. He could have easily built something far superior than Twitter. The problem is, is how long would it take to become with as yeah, many users? Exactly. As yeah, it's the user, user it's the, yeah, the user base for sure. Yeah, but I don't want Ashton Kushner. <laughs> Does he huh. play for the Tottenham Hotspot? <laughs> no, the crappy actor who's married to a Ukrainian. He's married to, oh, what's her name? She's a Ukrainian. Oh, that 70s show. He was brilliant on that. No, what's her the Demi Moore? She's not Ukrainian. No, no, he no, was, no. Oh wait, he was married right. to her before. Not her. He, yeah, 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 yeah. The the other girl from that show that he dated early on. She's Ukrainian. Yeah. You know the slutty. <laughs> You're gonna have to narrow it down for us, Steve. Is that is that <laughs> Mina? The non redheaded slutty one. Mina Kunis. Oh yeah, yeah. She's um she's Meg on uh, Family Guy. Yeah, Eunice. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes, yes. Anyway. Yeah, the ranch is pretty decent as well. I enjoyed that one. It's a, the yeah, ranch. the ranch. It's uh Aston Ashton Kutcher and uh, Sam Elliott. And, oh, he's always good. Yeah, and then uh, and then Hyde from that '70s show as well. Oh, that talk talk about a guy in trouble. Yeah, Ooh. he was on that. He was. They were doing that show, and then all of a sudden, oh, what happened to him? Oh, he died. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, legal troubles. Oh, I didn't hear about this. And Deborah Winger's in there as well. Yeah, I digress. So, uh, bring us on the wrap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got an app. Boring. <laughs> Unless it's hey, about this sheep. This is about sharks, not sheep, sharks. Uh, are you afraid of sharks? Are you worried about no. what's going to happen if you get into the ocean? Actually, no. <laughs> this is. No, I'm going to share my screen. Uh, this is called Osearch Shark Tracker by Osearch.org. Basically, it's an app that there uh, we go shows you where there are sharks in the ocean. Now, not all sharks, obviously, just the tagged ones, but they tend to hang out in groups, so um, you can you can check out where. We are. So, well, let's let's see if there's any uh, off the coast of uh, Maryland. You're a coastal area, aren't you? I hope not. <laughs> You're not a coastal area, there. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be paranoid, this is the app. This is the yeah, app, right? <laughs> So basically, it shows you the, the where you are on your location, and it shows you if there are any sharks in the in the neighborhood. 
Got um, no sharks down there. We've got no sharks around here. We've got plenty around Australia, though. Uh, a, a baby shark, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> so let's just uh, have a look at Philip. Philip is a shark that's uh, traveled 29,391 miles. Philip is actually a female. Well, he seems confused. <laughs> I'm just so saying. I think we've got our first trans shark. <laughs> Pretty sure that he was uh, Babylon's B male shark of the year. Um, so basically, this is that allows you to explore the migration habits of, of tagged sharks. Um, you can click on a shark. It gives you a profile like I've just showed you here with Philip. Um, you can add it to your favorites. It gives details of its weight, height, um, age of life. It tells you whether it's a mature or immature shark. Um, tells you, it gives a bit of backstory on the shark, how it got its name, etc. Uh, what kind of shark it, shark it is, etc. And it allows you to um, to track, I think, uh, shows you the, the actual track of the movement. And on the front page, we've got um, basically all these, these news updates about uh, different sharks and what they're doing. Ned and Mayhee and Ali Bell. You've got turtles as well. You've got turtles and dolphins and all sorts of other creatures, not just sharks. So you can you can check out those. You've got the recent pings up the top here. You can specify sort of creatures you're interested in looking at, um, and how recent the, the pings were. Uh, you can easily add the favorites. And we've got um, details. This is really just uh, the social media and uh, on the shop. Um, I thought this was a, a fantastic app because it, it basically. Uh, oh yeah, show my track. There you go. Let's have a look at Philip's track. See how how far they travel around the world. This one's been a hell of a long way, <laughs> and and the sort of places they go. So you can see uh, they go all around Coral Sea and zoom in and zoom out. So a, I thought a fascinating app and a way to get to know the sea life in your area and also handy to check before you go into the beach yeah another reason to get a pool just <laughs> another reason to get a pool yeah. fill up <laughs> fill up <laughs> sit sit it's spelled interestingly too yeah so yeah it's o-c-e-a-n o-search sorry o-c-e-a-r-c-a shark track yeah i liked it yeah i don't need any more fuel for my paranoia i'll say that <laughs> um then I'm, I'm going to bring this one only because it's the kind of thing, oh man, I, I feel like I got to bring it. But part of the reason I got to bring it is just to point out, do we really need another one? Um, This is Area by Autodesk, by Autodesk Inc. Social, under social, everyone 10 and up, completely free, no in-app ads, no in-app purchases, uh, no reviews. It's that new. Updated April 19th, 2022, size 42 megs, 500 installs. Autodesk is a major corporation. I'm not going to say they're as big as Microsoft, Apple, or Oracle. Autodesk is a major company that's been around for a long time. So to only have 500 installs tells you this thing is like fresh out the womb kind of thing. Uh, current version 1.0.11 requires 5.0 Android and up content rating, everyone 10 and up. Uh, permissions, I'm sure it's going to be yeah, photos, media storage, camera, Wi-Fi. All kinds of things. Um, the first line of the description, I'm pretty sure, describes it pretty clearly. What is Area? Designed for 3D professionals across film, TV, games, and design visualization industries, Area is a 3D community for all who want to learn, connect, and inspire, whether you're in an industry, veteran, or just getting started in the world of 3D art. Area is a place to find inspiration hone your craft, and connect with a community of like-minded artists from across the globe. This is your area. So this is another 
siloed social network. This one is focused on um, everything you can do with Autodesk software, I want to say, whether it's AutoCAD or any of those kinds of tools to create either um, like engineering things, 3D printing things, or even like a CGI type special effects kind of thing. So basically, in all kinds of 3D art or uh, engineering kind of thing, if you want to connect with people who are doing that, learn from them kind of thing, see what others are doing, showcase your talent and ability kind of thing, then you need area from Autodesk. If you don't even know what Autodesk is, let's go to the next app. Because <laughs> it means nothing. not sure I really understood what, what it is. It's just a siloed social networking app for those who are only interested in basically Autodesk type applications. What is an Autodesk? And those applications, well, it, the big one is AutoCAD. Oh, of course. AutoCAD is the application where you can, on a 2D plane, make a sketch, and then you can extrude to a third dimension. Yeah. And then you can take those and you can import them into other tools like Blender or other things to have CGI-type effects. Wow. So you can show off the cool stuff you can do on CAD. Yeah. 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 And it's one of those things, um, the people who are really good at this, there's a reason why, you know, like the Avengers movie cost as much as it costs to be made. Because somebody really talented did something in an afternoon that would take the average person a month to do kind of thing. Uh, and it's because they're so adept at using Autodesk type of applications. Wow. You do much on Blender? Um, I looked at, I opened Blender once, looked at it, said, hmm, interesting. Closed it, uninstalled. <laughs> yeah, I've spent a, a, a little bit of time, but oh, I mean, that's got to be one of the, the most intricate option-filled, incredible open-source projects that's out there. Yeah, I mean, quite literally, basically any movie in the last 10 years, um, you are a very safe gamble to say something in that movie was created using Blender. Yeah, the only thing I can really make in Blender is a margarita. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, Josh, your turn. This one was brought, actually, during the show... From Red in the chat, who seems to be in there by himself. Your brother's not even in there, man. Your family doesn't even love you, Ivor. Yeah, he's got uh, COVID. He's stuck at home. So yeah, well, yeah. So why would he want to be? So why would... <laughs> it should be. Yeah. It should be here. I did let him know, but he's obviously busy for some reason. Um, so this is Call Recorder Cube ACR by Cube Apps Limited under Tools. It has six hundred and ninety-one thousand eight hundred and seventy-two reviews. And a 4.1 average review, um, and it was updated April 15th, 2022, 11 megs in size, 10 million plus installs. Current version 2.3.223 requires 4.4 and up um, permissions, everything that is under the sun. And so he said that it's a, it is a, a call recording app, um, so it ref says it records phone calls and VoIP, so... Yeah, it's a free, but I guess Red just likes to break the law in several states. Go get them, Red. Breaking the law, breaking the law. Yeah, and I'll go say, if this is important to you, then I definitely encourage you, um, don't buy a new phone. Don't buy anything that will get, like, Android 13 on it. Um, and more than likely, look in ways of rooting and roaming. Um, well, I think we'll do one more in our predictions. The one this uh, this app is called Fang F 
little ang fantasy name generator it's a nice little app that will generate a name for your role-playing game character so if you have a uh, a barbarian or an elf or a a magician or whatever the hell you're playing in your Warhammer or your uh, Elder Scrolls or your D&D game, you can uh, put the details into this this app and it will tell it will come up with a variety of names that will suggest which sound very um, Tolkien-esque or uh, or suitable for for that particular character. So I thought a number of times I was struggling to think up a name for various characters when I was when I was a kid. Um, with would have been very handy. Yeah, I speak nerd. <laughs> Do you have any Do you have any names that you've come up with with this? And what are you playing that you that you need it? No, I I um I haven't been I haven't played a game of D and D for for ages. Um, but if I was playing D and D, then something like this would be very ha- helpful. Uh, I'm thinking about introducing my kids to it soon, and something like this would be a good idea to just generate some NPCs um, to play along with, or, or um, that's a non-player character. Cool. Yeah, I'll say my inventiveness is not with names whenever i played D D, quite literally the guy's name was like you know peter or something you know <laughs> sounds like, like a no, female shark name <laughs> yeah it's like i was so bad at that kind of thing um yeah so i can see i can see honestly D D people literally having this and just anytime they need a name just click click yeah. click. but if you're playing uh an online online game like uh or like uh, warcraft where you're playing a, a fantasy game uh, on your computer you can use it to generate a name for yourself if you, if you prefer. Here comes Dor with his gotcha. level 37 dark art warlock Peter. Yeah. <laughs> and, and his friend Bob. Yeah. <laughs> that is Dragon Bob. Bob, Bob <laughs> and Philip. My name Philip's is actually Bob. a girl. <laughs> Bob. What did you say, Dor? Bob Bobolinsky? Bob Bobolinsky. Bob Bobinsky. Bob Bobinsky? Yeah. Is that the NFL player? Exactly. <laughs> that's if someone doesn't get that reference, you should look it up if that's around anywhere. I play in the MFL, the M- no NFL National Football League. Is that what you're referring to, Dor? Yeah, yes, awesome. yes. Very, very like good the Mofo League. <laughs> now, um, let me see this one really quick. I want to bring one more. The only question is which one. I'm going to bring this one, even though I am like the one thing that I really hate is when an icon or something is not even remotely close to being a representative of the app or game. The only thing that makes me more mad is when it's a guy with his mouth open for some reason. It's like every single like war fighting game, the guy has to have his mouth open. And now I'm even seeing it on YouTube videos where like, you know, some stupid pose with their mouth wide open. This is not the icon is absolutely not representative of the game. Okay. It's called Top Mech Future Wars from Duga Games. It's under strategy. This is almost like um, um, Red Alert, CNC type strategy kind of game. Uh, T for Team does have an in-app purchase. Uh, completely free to download, though. No in-app ads. 4.2 average reviews. 2,700 plus reviews. Updated April 15, 2022. 136 megs in size. 100,000 plus installs. Version 1.1.103. 4.4 Android Nub content rating. Again, teen fantasy blood suggestive themes more. Um, the permissions, I want to say, was a bit much. He had device history, phone, photo, media storage, camera, blah, 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 blah. Um, this is, is, the way I'll put it, is an extremely pretty version of something like um, Command & Conquer. Um, on a mobile platform. Um, if you're a fan of that kind of strategy game, I definitely encourage you to at least check this out. 
Um, basically, mechs, tanks, foot soldiers strategize who to send who, where, when, and with what other kind of backups. Build your cities, build plants, build power plants, build factories, build armories, build all these things, and then go to war. How long did you play this? I played for like three minutes, and I was like, I got to put this down because, you know, I got to cook for the wife and the kids and do everything else. So it's like, this looks like it could take a lot of time out of me. And I'm not the kind of guy, I hate spending like three hours setting up basic things. I want to hit the button and I want to be playing a game within 30 seconds. And that was one one thing that this game did do. It basically dropped you right into gameplay quickly. I always love it when the in-app purchases range from $1.29 to $124.99. Yeah, and I, and I and I tried to figure out what are the a what are the actual like in-app purchases, and I could not figure them out. Hopefully, it's just to remove ads, is what upgrades I'll say. Upgrades and all sorts of stuff like that. If you play to win, maybe. Um, and it, and I and I didn't get far enough, but it wouldn't shock me if it also would speed up cooldowns of some kind. Yeah, right. Just because that just because that seems to be popular. So, what exactly is the the, the uh, logo or the? <laughs> it's some random yeah. female looking weird at you. Tattoo on the shoulder. Like, what are you looking at? Look. Looks like she's looking at uh, Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> Kevin Costner in Waterworld. Waterworld. Yeah, yeah. Great film. So you were that guy that watched it. <laughs> I was the one guy who watched it, yeah. <laughs> so did you like Howard the Duck? Uh, no, I've heard of it. I never watched it. Okay. okay. Just had to do a quick yeah, that's check. A, that's a long time. Holy smokes. Another Costner film, was it? No. No. It was the biggest Marvel movie failure of all of all time. Oh wow! Bells, but I can't remember. Basically, a, a woman had sex with a human-sized duck. You can't tell me you wouldn't do that, Ivor. Depends on if she's any good looking, any good. <laughs> and I believe it was the girl from Back to the Future, the Back to the Future Two. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like the old, the old adage or question of would you rather have sex with one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses now how that goes you know on the next podcast <laughs> exploration how about them cowboys okay want to do a uh, rundown uh we've got kiwi browser fast and quiet by geometry ou under communication we've got nanograms katana by uc devs under puzzle GPS map video camera by GPS map camera under photography. Truckzilla food and ice cream truck finder by Xcommerce Solutions LLC under food and drink. WT Social 2 by Technosoul under entertainment. Osearch shark tracker by osearch.org maps and navigation. Area by Autodesk, Autodesk Inc. under social. All Recorder, Cube ACR by Cube Apps, LTD under Tools. Fang, Fantasy Name Generator by Crystal Peak under Entertainments. Top Mech Future Wars by Duga Game under Strategy. And I might have missed some in there. Oh, you got them all. Okay, great. I'm amazing. Keep saying, I'm amazed. Oh, Josh. <laughs> Very cool. Um, do you have any uh, parting wisdom there, Ivor? Oh, yeah, get a Vivo. (laughs) Get a Vivo. No, thanks, everybody. Uh, Thanks, Red, for for coming out in the chat, uh, even though you're on your own today. Um, And uh, thank you to Dora and Josh for actually uh, throwing up (laughs) 
and uh, hopefully we can do it again next week. Very cool. I'll say, uh, Eric, I hope everything's going okay with you. I hope you get over COVID quick and it's, you know, easy to get over is what I'll say. That's what I hope. Um, thank you for Red for coming out. And I believe, yeah, Red was just hanging by himself, hanging tough. Um, so thank you for coming out, Red. If you would like to join us live, you can follow us on any of the normal and air quote platforms. I don't know if I'm going to be posting this on WT Social. I don't know <laughs> if I can. Maybe I should look into that. Um, because as a podcaster, I have my due diligence to every time I walk up to someone and say, hi, do you want to know what my podcast is about? I'm also obligated to push my podcast on every platform that's ever existed. So I'm going to have to do that. Um, I want to also definitely take a moment to thank um, Philip and Steve for the emails. Thank you very much, guys. Um, any and all email is always better than no email. And they were really good emails. So thank you guys very much. Uh, Ivor and Josh, I want to thank you guys for coming out. Hope you have a good week. And yeah, I definitely hope to do this again next week. Talk to everyone again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.